For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I'm super excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Ian Cleary, and we're going to explore content curation, why it's important, and the tools that you should be using to make it a lot easier. Before we get into the rest of the show, I just want to mention a couple things. First of all, I'm getting over a bit of a cold, and you may sense that when you listen to the interview. Also, I've got a new way for you to communicate with me. I realize that I've never actually given you a way to email me directly. So I put together a special email address, which is podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com is a way that you can email me directly with anything you want. Now, I can't guarantee that I'm going to be able to get back to you immediately, but I'm going to try my best. And if I don't get back to you, someone on my team will. But please consider emailing podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com if you ever want to communicate with me. Um, another thing that I want to mention is we've got something really exciting. This is really big news. Social Media Examiner has launched a brand new podcast. And you may have already heard about this uh, because it's only been a few weeks since we've launched it, but I just want to bring it up again right here. It's called the Social Media Examiner Show. And you can find that podcast on iTunes by just simply searching for Social Media Examiner. If you think of this show... As a meal, you can think of the Social Media Examiner show as a snack. It's a short 10-minute show that is published four days a week. So if you want to check it out, uh, it's Monday through Thursday when that show publishes and this show publishes on Friday. And that's called the Social Media Examiner show. All right, with that, I have an awesome new discovery I'd like to share with you. After mediating a crocodile family dispute, look at what Michael Stelzner discovered. Have you ever seen those cool videos that somehow capture what is on your iPhone and ever wondered, wow, I wonder how I can do that? Well, I'm very excited to announce that ScreenFlow 5 for the Mac has come out in the last couple of weeks. And one of the really cool things that you can do with that is you can literally plug your iPhone into your Mac using the charging cable that plugs into the bottom of your iPhone. And then you can select within ScreenFlow 5 that your recording source is literally your smartphone, your iPhone, or your um, your tablet. And what you can do with this is literally record the audio off of your smartphone and be talking into a microphone, and you can demonstrate exactly how to do something. 
And I recently did this. I created a little video about how to you how to subscribe to um, this podcast uh, using iTunes on an iPhone. And what's really awesome about this is it recorded the full resolution, really big, because the iPhone is um, very dense resolution. I forget what they call it. They've got a name for it. But anyways, it recorded all everything that I did. And then what's really cool is you can go in and you can add what they call touch. Um, I forget what they exactly call it, but it's some sort of a touch thing. And what it allows you to do is drop in little dots at certain points in the uh, the video that you created to kind of indicate that's where someone ought to touch their finger. And um, it's just a really, really cool way for you to go in and, and literally show off an app, show someone how to do something on a phone. And uh, a lot of people were super impressed with the quality of it. So ScreenFlow for the Mac is a $99 app. I know that a lot of people have ScreenFlow um, and it's, I think, $29 to $39 to upgrade to the latest version 5.0. But I will tell you, it is totally worth it if you have any need to record anything um, from the screen of your iPhone. And this is the way to do it, and I love it. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I'm very excited to be joined today by Ian Cleary, who's the founder of RazorSocial.com, a marketing tech blog focused on social media tools. His blog has been awarded a top 10 social media blog by our company, Social Media Examiner, in both 2013 and 2014. Ian is also a very popular speaker. Ian, welcome to the show. Uh, delighted to be on your show, Mike. Thanks for having me. Welcome back, I should say. So today, Ian and I are going to explore content curation, why it's valuable, and the tools that you can use to make the discovery of new content super easy. Ian, um, you and I have been friends for a while, and uh, you've really come a long way in the last couple of years with your blog. I would love you to share with people kind of where you were just before you started your blog and kind of a little bit about your journey. Cool. Interesting. Yeah, I suppose before I started the blog, I was running, I mean, my background is working in software initially, so a a strong technology background, about 15 years in software. And then I, I, I started doing social media consultancy and social media training business. And then when I took the training business then, and I, was, I wanted to do something international and uh, combining the knowledge of the tools and technology and the social media brought me into Razor Social to focus on that technology side of things. Yeah, so um, we met. I mean, share the story about how we met. Uh, we met in, in, uh, in NMX a conference. Uh, you were on my hit list of one of the people I really wanted to meet. And actually what happened was I was queuing up to get my ticket for about an hour and a half and I seen you walking through the door and I had a choice of either leaving the queue and re-queuing up again or staying there and getting my ticket. So I left the queue and it was the best decision I ever made. <laughs> this was in New York City and he came yeah. up to me and he just, I think you just asked if, if uh, I don't even remember exactly what you said. I think you said, can I get my picture with you or something? And um, And then later on, uh, you know, and, and I don't, I've never met Ian before. I don't think we'd ever tweeted or anything, had we? 
No, no, we hadn't. No, I read your book and I, I, I loved your book. And uh, yeah, I sort of followed you around a bit for the day. And Yeah, he did follow me around and he noticed uh, I was at lunch and I wasn't with anybody. And we ended up sitting down for lunch and slowly but surely we started chatting. And I, I began to realize that Ian was one of these kind of guys who um, came to this event not necessarily to go to the sessions. He came to meet people, didn't you, Ian? Yeah, and that's what I do at all the conferences. I mean, generally, if there's a virtual pass, and, and I know with Social Media Examiner conferences, the Social Media Marketing World is a virtual pass, I will watch the event afterwards, but I'll focus on meeting and networking with people at the event. Okay, so you came out of the show in New York, and, um, you know, I mean, tell everybody kind of, you know, when did you start your blog and what was it like in the beginning? Yeah, I started the blog just over two years ago. Um, and initially, of course, it's a struggle initially to get people to get attention. So I really focused on guest blogging. So I, I worked hard to build relationships with the likes of yourself, Mike, to get opportunities to guest post on blogs that had the audience that I was interested in. And that really helped because it got my name out there and got some traffic to the site. And then I just had to make sure when people arrived on the site that there was really good content. And I was focusing on that niche, 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 as we call it in, the, in, the, in Ireland. I was focusing on that area of social media tools and technology because I found that was a, an area that wasn't covered. You know, different blogs, including Social Media Examiner, cover tools, but it wasn't exclusively on tools. So that's where I thought the opportunity was. And I think if you were to go back and you were to study Ian's path, and the reason I know it so well is because Ian and I are friends, uh, what Ian did well was he put his focus on building relationships with people first. And he really was very strategic about becoming friends with myself, uh, Mark Schaefer, Kim Garst, and I'm sure the list goes on and on. And um, he really had a servant's heart. He wanted to know how he could help. And um, because he was so good at what he did, he had this opportunity to write. And he started writing for the likes of Social Media Examiner. And that is a strategy that I think a lot of people ought to consider. You know, whatever industry you're in, who is the Social Media Examiner in the industry? Do they have an event? Should you go there? Should you get to meet those people? Is there something you can do for those people? Can you write for those blogs for free to um, provide great content to their audience and to help establish yourself as an authority? And Ian, I mean, it's been two years. Tell us kind of where you're at right now. Yeah, I mean, it's been a really fascinating two years. I, I, like you say, I'm friends with, with a lot of the top social media people. I, I speak at a lot of the top events you know, in the U.S. mainly. I got paid very well for speaking at a conference uh, in the U.S. only a few months ago. We run our site, you know, we're getting over 100,000 visitors a month to our site and we are running webinars and we sell online training on the webinars and the, the online training is really starting to sell well. So I think it's just a real focus on, like I said, I focus on building the relationships, you know, trying to give as much as possible, not look for anything in return and provide really good quality content. And then people now are prepared to, to buy our premium content because they know we deliver good content all the time. Awesome. So Ian, let's start by laying the groundwork. What exactly is content curation? 
Well, to me, it's about finding really relevant co- our content and then sharing out that content in a meaningful way. So instead of just sharing out, just sharing out a post, we'll actually put your interpretation of the post. So give some valuable information while you're sharing out the content. Interesting. So, so maybe an example would be if somebody does a weekly roundup post of the best articles on the web. Well, it's not just listing out the articles. It's saying to people, well, why is this article interesting? Very interesting. So, um, <clears throat> so in my mind, what I hear you saying is that content curation is the process of, of going out there and finding things, content in particular, blog articles, videos, podcasts around a certain topic. And then, um, if you will, lifting up the best of that, right. And, and, and revealing that to whoever your audience is. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I would look at it as well as it, it can be your content and other people's content. So quite often, for example, when I'm sending out an email newsletter, I will have my latest posts, but I'll also pick out some of the older popular posts and I'll say why this would be interesting. And that actually, people like receiving the old posts as long as I actually mention why it would be particularly valuable for them. Interesting. Well, I know that content curation is a, is a hot topic these days and a lot of marketers are are doing different things with content curation. For example, you just mentioned in your email newsletter that you you reference other content in your newsletter when you send it out that is your own content. But, you know, let's step back for a second. Why should marketers care about curating content? And in particular, why should they care about curating other people's content? Well, you don't want to be sharing all your own content on social media. You know, you won't get too far. So you need to look at, well, what other content is relevant to your audience? So, and you don't want to just share any random content. You want to be able to go, well, pick out, well, what's going to be most interesting and then convince your audience that they should be reading this content. If your audience builds up a level of trust in you with the content you share, well, then when you share your own content, they're much more likely than to engage with that content as well. So I think sometimes marketers uh, share too much of other people's content and don't actually curate it properly. So it may not be great content. So then when they get around to sharing their own content, then people are not as interested. Well, and just to give some people some some tactical examples of what we do over at Social Media Examiner, um, on our Facebook wall, we are sharing other people's content more than we're sharing our own content. And we actually have a team that is out there looking at different websites, looking for what we would consider to be very valuable content. And we know that if we share great content, even if it's not our own, and it gets highly engaged, meaning people reshare it and people comment on it, that helps our um, presence to be seen in the newsfeed more. And we do the exact same thing uh, on other social channels as well. So the idea here is we actually have a strategy, which is to use other people's content to um, essentially get better visibility in the newsfeed all the time. Now, behind the scenes, it also gets us a lot of love from those other people. And we've shared, for example, some of your content in the past, Ian. And, you know, we have a rather large following on our Facebook page and it drives a lot of traffic and it helps really, I think, build relationships with the, the, the people that produce that content. Now, on another angle... Every Saturday, we put out this uh, This Week in Review. 
I forget exactly what we call it, but it's kind of a Saturday wrap up of all the important news and research in the world of social media. And we have uh, a team out there that is looking at all the news and deciding what is and what is not newsworthy, curating that all together into our Saturday updates. And the strategy there is to make it so that people don't have to start going to TechCrunch or to Mashable and read the 30 posts that they come out a day. Instead, they can just trust us and receive the updates from us. So that's the way we use it. Ian, I, I'm sure you use it differently. I'd, I'd love to hear what your strategy is as far as your content sharing. Well, it's funny, actually, on Facebook. Well, first of all, I love when you share our content on Facebook. It's always great. But um, what we've started recently on Facebook and other platforms is when we're sharing other people's content, I put in the first line, I say, well, what the article is about. And then I say why, it is, why it's interesting. And then I link to the article. And I found that gives us a lot more engagement than just sharing the article with a link. Mm. Because people are reading the text at the start and they know that I'm actually curating the content. I'm not just sharing random content. And, and that's definitely helped. Like you said, Mike, it's helping us as well because when we share our own content, more people are getting to see it. And we're getting more engagement on the content. Well, you know, we should pause there for a second. And also, it also, um, how can I say this? It makes you look like, um, it makes your content look like just another piece of value that's being delivered onto your Facebook wall. Does that make sense? Because if you're consistently yeah. sharing great content, whether it's your own or someone else's, um, most people just become used to your Facebook page sharing great content and they don't really care if it's from you or from some, for some, from someone else. And it does kind of generate a pattern with a lot of people where they will, they will automatically click on it because it was shared on your Facebook page and because you have a history of sharing great, valuable content and they won't really care whether, you know, it's from you or someone else initially. Um, I don't know if you found that to be the case, but we've noticed that, um, the amount of shares that we get and the interactivity that we get from our content versus other people's content is pretty much about the same. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I found the same as well. And I think putting that extra effort in, and I mean, that way of doing it that we use on Facebook, we do the same now on LinkedIn and we do the same on Google+. And it's slightly different if you move to likes of Twitter because you don't have a lot of real estate to put in your commentary. So typically on Twitter, I, I put in words at the start where I'd say something like really interesting and with a narrow point into the article and try and vary them words based on what the article, you know, how interesting the article is. And that gets more engagement on Twitter as well. So people recognize when you put the extra effort in. So I, I think as well, you're better off sharing less content and put more effort into the content you share. And then people get to know that you're sharing, you only share good content. Now, so far, we're talking about, uh, in this content curation uh, discussion, sharing other people's articles for the most part, because that's the easiest thing to share on the social channels. But Ian, I know that you, you go way beyond this, and you may not perceive this as curation of content, but you often solicit information from industry experts, and you curate all that information together in the form of a post. Can you talk a little bit about what you do and how well that works for you? Sure, yeah, it works really well. I've done an article recently about podcast tools, and I reached out to a lot of podcasters, including yourself, Mike, and asked, what were the three top three podcast tools you use in your podcast? And I ended up with about 50 people in that article, each sharing their tools. 
So then I do a summary of that as well and go, well, here's the top tools that people are using, hardware or software. And it's a really useful and valuable post because if anybody's starting a podcast, they're wondering, well, what tools do I use? Just go to that post and it'll tell you what the top experts are using, what's the most common tools. And what happens then is that everybody, all the influential people in that post see that they're mentioned in the post. They share out the article. Then I, I post on Facebook and I create an image with everybody's picture in the image. And then I, I actually don't tag people. I, I just put up the image and share it. And then one or two people will tag somebody. Then somebody will tag somebody else. And before you know it, everybody is tagged in it. And then that gets shared out again. And then that goes on to Google Plus and goes on to LinkedIn. You end up with, you know, that article, it's probably close to 10,000 visits for that article alone. And that's just one blog article. So that, that works really well as a for any sort of industry. I mean, I've done podcast tools, but I've done all sorts of tools. But for a different industry, you could do it as well. Well, and in this particular case, you're asking for tools, but we do a couple things. For example, um, you know, at the beginning of January, we posted... I forget how many 36 um, predictions for 2015 from the social pros and that article went gangbusters and that is curating people's predictions, but you can also curate, excuse me, people's tips and techniques. And I know you've done this before, haven't you, Ian? And that's been very successful for you, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I've picked off tips, tips, tips from people and put it in there. And again, it gets a, a, an awful, uh, typically then posts are shared a few thousand times on, on my site, which is a lot smaller than the Social Media Examiner site. And it would get, you know, a, a lot of attention and it's a good exposure as well. And of course, all the influencers are on the list. They're visiting your website to see if they're mentioned in the post as well. So um, content curation can be many different things. You know, some people would refer to what you and I have been talking about as link bait, um, which isn't exactly what link bait is, but link bait is really when you link to someone else with the hope of drawing them to you. Um, but I, I do think that you can get content from people by emailing them, You can, which is what most people don't do. You know, most people are just out there looking for other people's content and sharing it. And that is the path of least resistance. And I think that that works exceptionally well. And I think that's really the focus of today's conversation. But I wanted to go down the rabbit trail and let everyone know that there's many different ways to curate content. And sometimes the best stuff comes from the brains of people that have never written about it before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, some of them posts are like 5,000 words long. And I only wrote a couple of hundred of the words, you know. So it's, you get a lot of content. And you talk about link bait. The, the, because them articles are very detailed and very useful, a lot of people will naturally link to the article, so you end up ranking for that article in Google and get, getting ongoing traffic. So there's a bit more effort involved, but that effort means you know your audience loves it, people link to it, you get ongoing traffic for the post, so it's well worth the effort. Okay, um, we're going to talk about some tools that you can use to very easily curate other people's content that can help you discover um, what's out there and what's good and what's not. But before, so let's get to those tools that we were talking about. Cause I know you're the tools guy and you probably have a thousand different tools that you would recommend, but for somebody who is interested in figuring out, you know, okay, I'm sold on the idea of, um, sharing valuable content with my audience. That is not necessarily my own content. What tools are out there to help somebody discover great content? 
Okay, so I have a couple. One that I really like is Content Gems. And Content Gems sell, sends me a daily email. I specify the categories of content I'm interested in. And I get a daily email, the list of the the most uh, the shared articles at the moment. And I find that it produces really good content. I'll always find a couple of articles I want to share. So I look for categories like content marketing, social media, social media tools. But you can pick whatever category you need. But I just find getting that daily email, I, I just go through the email. They curate it so they have a couple of lines about what the content is about. And then I can share that out through Buffer, another tool. But I, I just find it's good for picking out really good content. Interesting. Content gem or gems? Gems, G-E-M-S. Is it a free service? There is a free and a paid version. I'm using the free version. Gotcha. That sounds really cool. Do you have any idea how in the world they're finding this content? I'm not sure, but there's some advanced algorithms, so I haven't got into depth exactly how it works, but it does produce good content. So it's like Google Alerts almost, right? Except it's coming up with... um, with content that other people are sharing in topical categories. And can you yeah. type in just about anything you want, or is there a limited number of categories in your opinion? There's a limited number of categories based on whether you're a free or paid user. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, so it's based on whether you're free or paid. Awesome. What else are you using to discover content? I use Post Planner on Facebook, which I find quite good to discover content because. On Facebook, okay, I share out the posts and I share out other people's posts, but sometimes I might want to share out quotes or interesting pictures just to mix up the content a bit. So what Post Planner does is comes up with trending content. So like, for example, there's a, a category for trending awesome quotes, and it'll show you the most shared content related to quotes that day or that week. So, you know, if I find something interesting, I'll share that. And people do like that. They do share it. They like it. They comment on it. And uh, what you can also do in Post Planner is you can look up uh, everybody's Facebook pages. So I can see, oh, yeah, Social Media Examiner Facebook page. What is the most shared piece of content over the last week on your page? And if it's very, if it's shared a lot on your page and, you know, we're targeting a similar audience, well, then it's going to do well on mine as well. So I find that good just for finding good content as well. Very cool. Now, um, I think Post Planner is a paid service, right? Or do they also have a free version as well? They have a limited free version, but you're going to end up with the paid version, which I think is about $29 a month. And um, is the main thing with Post Planner the content curation or is it more than that? Well, you get all the, the sharing of the content and queuing up the content uh, it makes it very easy to do that. But the, the content curation piece is the piece that saves me a lot of time. And I would imagine there's nothing stopping you from discovering what is popular with Post Planner and then sharing that across the other social networks, right? Exactly. At the moment, Post Planner is a Facebook-only tool, but the, the rumor has it they're going to be expanding to other platforms. But you can just you know discover the content there, like I say, and then share it on whatever platform you want. Using whatever tool or whatever yeah. platform you want to use. Um, I've also heard that Buffer shares content as well. I don't know if you're familiar with that or not. Have you seen some of the stuff that they share? Do you use their service? Yeah, I do. I use Buffer and I can go into Buffer and see the trending content as well there. And, and that you can definitely come up with good content there. I'm not sure whether, I'm not sure about the categorization of the content because, you know, of course I'm in the social media, digital marketing sphere and, it, it, they, they generally have a lot of that content, but I'm sure they have other categories as well. 
But that does come up with good content as well. And of course, you just click on a button and you, you, you're sharing it out to Buffer. Are there is there any equivalent to a search engine where you can just type in something and it will come up with the most popularly shared content um, across a topic across the social networks on a given topic? Yeah, uh, the Buzzumo, and I have this down as one of the tools I use. So B U Z Z S U M O. You can put in a website or you can put in a, a keyword, and the, based on the keywords, it's going to show you the most popular content. And what's interesting is you can say, well, what's the most popular content related to that keyword for the last year? Or what is it within the last 24 hours? So I can look to see, you know, related to any topic what, over the last 24 hours, what's hot at the moment. And, and of course, that's going to be good for sharing out some of that content. Very cool. Now, I don't know if you have any more tools that you want to share, but I want to ask you a question. And if you do have some more tools, let me know. But um, is there a downside to using these um, curation tools set another way? If everyone's using them, is everyone sharing the same information and there's no unique way of standing out? Yeah, you're you're right. You know, it's uh, sometimes you just want to read content. I mean, I subscribe to a lot of blogs through and I use a tool called Feedly. And that's just a list of blog posts. There's no real curation. It will tell you if blog posts are shared a lot. But generally, I'm just going through that content to find out the best content, you know, from any of them blogs. So that's your manual curation because you're you're picking out people that you want to follow that you think is interesting. And they not may not be showing up on the content jams or buzzumos, but they may have really interesting content. But you're right. You don't always want to be sharing the most popular things, so everybody sharing the exact same thing. So I'd say to still follow your own blog, still read all that, you know the relevant content, and share what you think is really interesting from that. What is your strategy as far as um, um, do you only share other people's content on your? Uh, you, I think you mentioned. Yeah, on, on Facebook, you share other people's content and you do that across the social networks. So is your content curation strategy strictly on the social networks and you have a different strategy when it comes to your own property, your blog and your email? Yeah, I mean, for, for the, the blog, I, I, don't, I don't do any roundup posts or any of that. So, uh, so the only post I would do which involves other people is the odd time I do a, a guest post but generally, it's a group post where I'm doing at least once a quarter, I'll do a group post and get something useful and valuable. So I, I never do a, you know, here's the top 10 articles I found on other sites. Because I suppose my focus is all really around the tools and technology side of things. So a lot of the sites are not particularly relevant. So uh, I, I'd be fair to get some content from people to contribute to my article. Very cool. Is there any other tools that you're excited about, whether they're related to content curation or not, that that have come across your your desk lately, and you're like, "Wow, that's really cool." Yeah, I like the direction that Edgar is going. So the the site is meetedgar.com, and it's basically it's for sharing content. But what you do is you specify different categories of content. So one category could be your blog posts. Another category could be other people's blog posts. Another category could be quotes that you want to share out, uh, for example. So you have a lot of different categories, and then you define your cues and your time you want to share out the content, and then it'll automatically pick uh, things from your cues. Now, one of the issues is when you share a good piece of content, 
well, most of your audience will still not get to see that content. So there's no harm resharing that content if it's really good, relevant content at a later stage. So what Edgar does is it makes it easy to reshare some of that content. So you're not always coming up with new content. Well, let's dig in on that a little bit, because I know that earlier in the discussion, you talked about how you are digging through your archives, if you will, in your email, and you are providing uh, uh, related, um, interesting articles to your recipients of your email. So talk to me a little bit about the importance of um, uh, curating some of your older content and not, you know, not just letting it die. And, and let me say this another way. So many of us that are content creators are always focused on tomorrow and never look yeah. back. Right. So what should we be doing and why should we look back? Because some of that content still might be valuable, right? It's super valuable. And it's like most of your audience doesn't get to see your content. That's the reality. No matter how popular your article is, most of the, you know, there's a big audience out there and they don't get to see all your content. I find, you know, when I'm doing my email newsletters, like I've done one today, there's always, I always pick out an older article and say, this is one you may have missed. Mm. Now, I know it works because I go to Twitter later on and I see people sharing out. It actually always surprises me to see people sharing out because it's the older content, but they get it from the, the newsletter. So it does work. People are visiting the article. They are sharing out the article and they're given positive feedback on the article. So, so that works. I do use a, a, a tool called Social Oomph, O-O-M-P-H. And what I do is I take the older content I have on the site. I pick out the most relevant articles and I add it to a queue on Social Oomph. And Social Oomph would automatically send out them articles on Twitter on a regular basis. And now I handpick the content, so I don't, there are other tools which will take all your content on your website and always share them ones. Whereas I pick a particular article and go, that's a really good article. You know, people really liked it. It's evergreen, so it's not going to go out of date. And then I'll add it to the queue. And then every so often I'll look at the queue and see, you know, do I take articles out or can I add more articles in? Well, this brings up an interesting question, which is, um, Going back to the email and then also to social oomph, uh, how far back are you going um, with these articles? I mean, in your mind, do you have like not to not to be older than 90 days or are you going back years? I mean, just give people some of your guidance that might want to, you know, do some of this. Yeah, I mean, really, it's my blog is about two years old, just over two years old. The first six months, of my blog, you know, the articles were shorter. And then I started doing much more detailed articles. So now I'm known for more detailed articles. So I don't share the early days ones, mainly because they're, they're short articles. But I will share articles that are a year and a half, two years old, if they're still relevant and valuable. I mean, I, mean, I, have, I have a post on content curation and some of the tools and some of them are still relevant and, and valid. And sometimes I've updated the posts as well. So I've gone back to the old posts and maybe added in a new tool uh, for content curation and taken out an old one. So I, I have done some updating. So as long as the content is is relevant, interesting, and I don't have like out-of-date tools that no longer work or anything in it. Ian, I know that uh, you're working on a brand new course. Why don't you tell everybody about it? Cool. Yeah, we're working on a social media productivity course. We talked about here about curation and the likes of the curation tools. 
we're we're very focused on the tools and technology side of things. So it's not really all about the strategy side. It's more about well, how can you leverage use these tools to be really effective? We touched on some tips on the curation side of things. If you think about what we covered today, uh, you know, like and, and think about ten or twelve different areas about social media productivity, and that's what the course will cover. So it'll have the curation, but it'll also have sharing and optimizing your sharing and you know uh, using your analytics across the platforms and how you get better results so a lot of the technical side of things and a lot of the tools so it's not really covered in any one course so this is the course we'll be launching uh, in february awesome where can people find out more about that well if people go to razorsocial.com slash sme podcast sme podcast on that, they can sign up to uh, get notified of when we're actually launching the course, and they will get details of exactly what's going to be in it as well. Awesome. Ian Cleary, um, also, uh, RazorSocial.com is your blog, right, where they can discover more about you, and, and how, can they find, one, yeah. how can they find you on Twitter? Uh, Twitter, at Ian Cleary, I-A-N-C-L-E-A-R-Y. Ian Cleary. Like, th- I just want to say, yeah, go ahead. Before... I just want to say, well, thank you very much for all the help and support you've given me over the last couple of years. It's, it's people like you, you that's made it a lot easier for me to, to establish a presence. Well, it's my absolute pleasure. And for anyone listening, you know, it's very easy to help somebody like Ian because Ian goes out of his way to help other people. And I think the lesson that you can take home today is one way you can help other people is by curating their content. That's the beginning. That's the early stages of developing relationships. And whether that is curating their uh, blog posts and posting them up on your platform or whether it's tapping into their brain and getting some interesting content that you can share in your platform, those are things that are often gifts that you can give to other people. And that's the beginning of, of a relationship. And then if you really want to take it to the next level, you can, of course, do what Ian did and go to conferences and network with people. Well, Ian, um, again, your Twitter ID was Ian Cleary. Uh, is yeah. that correct? Ian, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your awesome insights with us. Thank you very much for having me, Mike. Well, I hope you found a lot of useful information in today's show. If there is anything that we mentioned, and I know we mentioned a lot, don't worry. We take all the notes for you. Simply visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash 130. That stands for episode 130. Also, if you're new to the show and you're not a subscriber, hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast player that you are using so you never miss a future episode of the show. Also, if you're a longtime listener, would you consider giving us a review? Go to iTunes, uh, socialmediaexaminer.com slash iTunes is the easiest way to do that at socialmediaexaminer.com. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you in the driver's seat next week. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. One more thing. Don't forget to check out our other show, The Social Media Examiner Show. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter, We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.